Well, let's pray together. Lord, we, we do come hungry for you. We come hungry for your word. And I pray whether literally or in our hearts that we do just, just fall upon our knees. Just wanting more of you. Wanting to be more like you. Wanting to be filled with your righteousness. Wanting to live not in accordance with our will, but in accordance with your will. So Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today. <clears throat> that we would indeed hunger and thirst uh, after righteousness. Hunger even more than we hunger for banana pudding. Thirst even more than we do for a cold drink of water. That we would want you more than anyone or anything. We ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. So we're continuing to work through uh, the Beatitudes. And I want to just go back and, and read down to... Uh, to the one we're on today, which is in uh, verse 6. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we have Jesus uh, teaching, and he, it says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. Well, nutritionists have long taught us that we are what we eat. So if we eat too many donuts and little Debbie snacks, I suppose we become walking pastries. I don't know. Sadly for me, at one point, about 15 years or so ago, I would have been a walking Tootsie Roll. I love Tootsie Rolls. And unfortunately, keeping a stash of Tootsie Rolls and a stash of cookies eventually led to high cholesterol and a gain of about 20 pounds. Uh, I lost that 20 pounds hoping to get off the cholesterol medicine, but the doctor still won't take me off of it. But that's another story. We are what we eat uh, to some extent. And that phrase is certainly true in the realm of the mind and in the spirit. If we feed on violence and excitement and erotica and materialism, we begin to personify those sorts of things. At some level, you and I become what we consume. We see this quite often in the lives of movie stars and professional athletes. Their, their lives of consuming so many pleasures often consume them. And rather than pick on current stars, I'll mention one of times past. I've always been a huge fan of his music, and he died on my 14th birthday. And I'm talking about Elvis Presley. Ken Hughes writes that in his heyday, Elvis earned between $5 million and $6 million a year. In his first two years, he grossed $100 million in those two years alone. And think about that. That was in the early 50s and then into the 60s and 70s. That's a lot of money, especially in that time. Elvis had it all materially, and, and every year people flocked to Graceland to see proof of his wealth, which includes not only the home and the property, but multiple jets and automobiles and, and motorcycles. One of his favorites was his 
1960 Cadillac limousine, which is on display uh, in Nashville in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh, the body of this car was sprayed with 40 coats of a unique paint that included crushed diamonds and fish scales so it would sparkle. Much of the metal trim was plated with gold. Inside the car were all these extravagant gadgets for that day, including two gold flake telephones and a gold-plated television and many other gadgets. The point is that sadly, Elvis was consumed by the pleasures his fame afforded. And tragically, it eventually consumed him. And personally, I find that very sad. For to this day, I still think Elvis Presley is one of the greatest voices I've ever heard. He could sing every genre of music. But we are what we eat. We can, what we consume can consume us, or it can bless us. Jesus offers a life that will bless a spiritual well-being. Verse 6 again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Hungering, thirsting after righteousness brings a well-lived life. But what is righteousness? Righteousness. What does it mean to hunger and thirst after it? Well, righteousness must begin with what theologians call imputed righteousness. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them all as rubbish or dung in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, and here it is, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith or through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. You see, our righteousness, our right standing with God begins by trusting in the righteousness of Christ. Only Jesus lived the perfect life. Therefore, only Jesus could sacrifice himself upon the cross for you and I so that you and I could have a right standing with God. And we have that right standing by trusting in Christ's righteousness, his sacrifice. This imputed righteousness is foundational to every believer's salvation. But in this beatitude, Jesus is also talking about Folks, he's talking about continuing to hunger and thirst after righteousness. <clears throat> he's speaking of you and I longing to conform to God's will. Longing to live right and longing for right living to prevail in the world. That the world would live according to God's standards. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness means that, that you and I long to be more Christ-like. We long that God's will would be done in our lives here on earth as it is in heaven. And we understand that the doing of God's will must begin with us. We must hunger and thirst for God's will. We're called to want what God wants. We're called to have His desires. And we should long to see God's righteousness 
established everywhere. We want to model moral integrity and develop right relationships and encourage moral integrity and right relationships in other people. We work for moral reform in all of our spheres of, of influence. Ken Hughes writes, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness want God's will and all it entails. Sinclair, Sinclair Ferguson writes, more than anything else, righteousness involves right relationships between God and ourselves, between ourselves and others, and then right relationships with the world at large. And we deeply hunger and thirst after righteousness. We need to understand just how radical a hunger and a thirst this is. He's talking about an intense and almost desperate hungering and thirsting for righteousness. It's hard for 21st century Americans to understand this hunger and thirst Jesus is talking about. I mean, for most of us, if we're hungry, we just open the refrigerator. But for most of us, if we're thirsty, we just turn on the tap. Even this past week, when Jeanette and I were quarantined, many of you were offering to bring food by. We had food uh, accessible to us. But in ancient Palestine, most of Jesus' audience was never far from dehydration and starvation. His first century audience understood very clearly how radical Jesus was talking when he talked about hungering and thirsting. They understood that he was talking about a desperate hunger and thirst for right living, for being conformed to God's will. And the tense of the verbs hunger and thirst are such that they, they are continual action. We really should translate this, blessed are those who are continually and deeply, desperately hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You know, King David had his failures, but when he was at his best, he understood this desperate, continual hungering and thirsting after God. Psalm 63, verse 1, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Or Psalm 42, and we'll get a chance to, to sing this one a bit later. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Earnestly seeking, thirsting, soul panting for God. That's the way of every believer. He or she wants more of God. He or she is always hungry for God. And Jesus pronounced blessing on those who hunger and thirst. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the primary blessing, folks, is that you and I will know Christ will know the blessing of right living. You know, for too long in the evangelical world, we've made Christianity all about walking an aisle, saying the sinner's prayer and being baptized. And don't get me wrong, that's very, very important. Romans 10.9 is very clear. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 
We want to see everyone convicted by the Holy Spirit, regenerated and moved to confession of faith. But Paul also said in Philippians 2.12, folks, that we're to work out our salvation. Which means this is not a one and done situation here. This is not a just receive God's grace, make a confession, and then cruise along in life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer called that cheap grace. Let's not cheapen God's grace. Having been saved by grace, you and I need to keep growing. We need to keep hungering and thirsting after righteousness. We need to keep seeking right living. We need to keep studying God's Word such that we're not conformed to the world, but we're transformed to kingdom thinking and kingdom attitudes. We need to keep hungering and thirsting to know God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to keep working for moral reform in our world. Listen, church, I know we're tired. I know that. I get it. There is a phenomenon that's going on post-COVID that, for example, that's called decision fatigue. People are tired. They're weary. Do I mask? Do I not mask? Do I go to this event? Do I not go to this event? Is it safe or is it not safe? And decision upon decision. Are we going to do virtual school or not? We're tired. We're weary. It's well documented. In fact, what little documentation we have about uh, past pandemics says that it takes a, a full two years for society to recover from a pandemic. We're tired. I know that. But at the same time, church, let's not stop. Church, please don't assume that we've arrived. We're in a process, and we call that process sanctification, and it's a continual, lifelong process. I often express it this way. I'm in the Lord, but I'm never completely satisfied. <clears throat> I'm content in the Lord, but I'm never completely satisfied. As Gordon Miller shared last Sunday, I find great joy in knowing I'm saved. I find great joy in knowing the Lord and knowing that He knows me. But I'm not satisfied with my spiritual maturity. I want to know God more. Now some of you say, but wait a minute, Danny, doesn't Jesus say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be satisfied? <clears throat> yes, he does. And that's the great paradox of this beatitude. How can one be hungry and satisfied at the same time? How can one... Put the other way, be satisfied and experience hunger. What's well, a bit like this? Suppose you put in front of me a plate of warm, just out of the oven, chocolate chip cookies. And I eat a couple of them and take a sip of my coffee or maybe I dip them in milk. And I'm satisfied. I'm completely satisfied. Well, at least for a few minutes. And then I want a couple more. And it starts over again. It's cyclical. It's habitual. It's, it's almost addictive that I want more of those cookies. It's much the same in our relationship with God. Once we know God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we want to know the Blessed Trinity more. 
Once we conform to God's will, yes, we're content, but then that spawns a discontentment because we want to conform more and more to God's will. We're satisfied with our progress thus far, but we don't want to stay there. We want every part of our lives conform to the will of God. Beloved, be content in the Lord, please. Find great joy in knowing Him and being known by Him. But at the same time, if you're not longing to grow, if you're not longing to hunger and thirst more and more for righteousness, you may need to do some self-examination. You have perhaps become complacent. I would urge you to examine yourself. And let me tell you that staying in this ongoing cycle of being satisfied in Jesus, yet wanting more of Him, always wanting His will, I find that's the only way to, find, to have the joy and the satisfaction we seek. Over and over again, the Scriptures attest to the satisfaction that comes only in knowing the Lord. Psalm 63, beginning with verse 3. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. Listen to this. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Psalm 107.9 Satisfies the soul. And the hungry soul he fills with good things. John 4, 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Some of you, perhaps, listening here or, or maybe online, have never known the great joy and satisfaction of giving your life to Christ. If you haven't, I pray that today might indeed be the day you do so. But many of us have. And so the question for us is this. Do we still hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do we still hunger and thirst to do God's will? Or have we become complacent, conformed too much to the world instead of being transformed by the Word of God? I I told you these Beatitudes are radical. They're counter to the culture around us. But Jesus is laying out a way of life that every believer should enter into, and it's a process you and I must enter into every day. No one can declare, really, that they have arrived. All of us must keep growing. So stay plugged into a Bible-believing church, a Bible-teaching church, and I hope we are. If you remember here, stay plugged in. If you're listening to us online, stay plugged in your church or or find a church like ours or another church that teaches the Bible. Keep growing by participating in small groups and Sunday school and worship. Keep growing on your own 
through Bible reading and Bible study and prayer and fellowship with other believers, especially read the Gospels and see how Jesus just lived this beatitude out with righteous living every day. Keep working on all your relationships to keep them right in the sight of the Lord. Blessed are we when we continually and deeply hunger for righteousness. Then we will be satisfied. Then we will be filled. Let's pray to God. Lord, we come hungry. We come wanting what you want. We thank you, first of all, that you gave us righteousness, that you imputed it unto us through Jesus. And we have no righteousness of our own that would deem us worthy of salvation. But having received salvation in Christ, empower us, O God, to a closer and richer and rightful relationship with you. Uh, Empower us to right living in all of our relationships. And and Lord, we're tired. You know that. You, You know how weary it can be. But no one knows that better than you, Lord. For, for three years of ministry, you were marching toward the cross. And yet you stayed focused. You kept leading people to, to you and you kept growing closer to your Lord, to your Father. So, Lord, just remind us that we haven't arrived. That we need to keep growing. Lord, grow us as we Commit to be in church together. Grow us as we commit to studying your word through worship and Sunday school and small groups. Lord, grow us as we commit to study your word on our own as individuals and couples and families. Grow us, Lord, as we increasingly become people of prayer. Lord, just keep moving us forward that we might have a continual and a deeper hunger and thirst after righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace today and forevermore. Amen.